Well, good evening and praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. To all of our listeners, every one of you in the United States, welcome you. And to all of our listeners all over the world and every other country, we're honored to have you join with us once again. Of all the places that you could have gone, you come here to Marriage and Family Clinic. And we welcome every one of you. In Southern Virginia, you're still finding us on WGPL 1350 AM, WPCE 1400 AM, and WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. You can also listen to the live stream at 6 p.m. That's 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Tuesday evening. Listen in at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And if you'd like to hear this or any other broadcast or any other episode in the Marriage and Family Clinic series, you can find the podcast simply by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Look for that uh, uh, podcast icon there on your smart devices and search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick. And ultimately, we really, 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 really want to help you grow and repair and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. And before we get going on this episode, let me begin first by saying, I hope everyone had a very, very, very merry and blessed Christmas. I hope your Christmas was filled with joy. If you got to spend it with family, you know you're blessed. You may have had to join family virtually, whatever the case may be. I just pray I hope your Christmas was blessed. And still this Christmas, it's, it's, it's still another one that's different from others in the past. And, and I have to tell you that this Christmas is different for me because this is the first Christmas in 38 years that my wife and I have been married, that we've been separated. This is the first Christmas we've been separated and all of the holidays we've been separated and all of the times during the year. But this is the first Christmas in our 38 years of marriage that we've been separated. And it feels a little strange indeed. I'll be honest with you. It feels a little strange, but there's something that helps me to deal with it. There's something that helps me to keep my experience in perspective. And the thing that helps me to keep my experience in perspective is that I know that my disappointment is going to be cut short because my wife and I will be together again on this side of eternity. And today my heart just really goes out to a good number of people that I know who are separated from their family members this Christmas, but they won't see them again on this side of eternity. Their family members have transitioned into eternity. And let me tell you something, no matter how much spirituality, and no matter, no matter how much religion we put on death, it still hurts. It hurts. And I can't call all the names that I'm thinking of right now, but please know that you're in my thoughts and I'm praying for you. You know, for some people, uh, a classmate that I went to school with, uh, text me and said, I don't know how to get into the Christmas spirit. My mother just left here a couple of days ago. And, and you got to face it that that's something that's going to alter her Christmas experience for the rest of her life. Her mother died close to Christmas. And again, no matter how spiritual you make it, it's just a painful thing. 
and she's going to have to put those two incidents, those two occurrences together for the rest of her life. So I'm definitely praying for her strength in the Lord. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we believers, death hurts, losing loved ones hurt. But I'm telling you, we believers, we don't have to grieve like the world grieves. Will you get that? We do not have to grieve like the world grieves. We have eternity to look forward to. All right. All right. I hope you're hearing me here. All right. So let's talk about the business of family relationships. Talk about the business of repairing and fixing family relationships. And this is part three in the mini series on repairing family relationships. Uh, I know I'm not by myself uh, in, in the need to have one or more, one or more family relationships repaired or worked on, at a minimum worked on. And some of our family relationships are just severed. So somewhere in between there is a fix. I've taken a couple of weeks already to set this thing up. And, and over the last couple of weeks, I've been discussing the source and the origin of, of hostile and breached and broken family relationships. And I can't stress the importance of this particular subject too much. When we're talking about fixing and repairing and mending family relationships, and that's what this whole program is about. That's what marriage and family clinic is all about. As we said in the opening, we want to help you find out what makes you tick. We want to help you delve into the dynamics of your relationships with the end goal being to help you mend, to fix, to repair, and even to grow, perfect your relationships. And so we cannot stress this particular subject enough. Uh, and and the, the, the truth of the matter is probably 99 times out of 100, messed up family relationships always finds their origin in the, our experiences in childhood. 99 times out of 100, messed up family relationships always find their origin in the experiences of childhood. Something happened in childhood we didn't get taken care of. Something happened in childhood we didn't get fixed. I'm going to deal with that. But see, as children, we're too young and too emotionally immature to deal with the emotional taxation that some of our experiences can place on us. Some of our experiences can, can, can tax us so heavily in our emotions that we can't deal with it. And we end up internalizing things. We may feel like we've gotten over some things. We may even think we're past some things. But the truth is, when the circumstances come together just right, when the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, when the circumstances come together just right, that old energy pushes us into the world of hurt, the world of disappointment, the world of the wounded. And when we get pushed in there, we come out fighting. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Broken families are the source and the impetus behind so much that is wrong with our society. Broken families. 
If we could get families working right, if we could get families in order, we could solve a whole lot of the world's problems. And families are being attacked from within by virtue of family relationship conflict and hostilities. And families are being attacked from without by virtue of the liberal world around us trying to redefine family. But if we could get families together, we could do some good in this world. And as I've said many times in the past, the family is the foundational unit of society. And we do ourselves a lot of harm not fixing our family relationships. So in this episode, I want to actually start talking about a strategy to help some of us repair and mend one or more of our strained family and broke uh, relationships. I've set this up over the last couple of weeks. I told you talking about the origin and the source of family difficulty, family uh, 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 hostilities and conflict. And, and in this particular episode, I want to go into actually talking about a strategy to help some of us repair and mend one or more of our strained, our broken, our severed family relationships. And this is a multi-step process, so we're probably, we're, we're definitely going to take more than one episode to discuss them. It's a multi-step process, but I want to share something with you. For everybody interested in fixing one or more family relationships, I want you to listen in real closely. I want you to listen in real closely. Take notes. Take it into your heart. Give us your full attention here. If you want to mend or repair one or more of your family relationships, the first step you're going to have to take is to be honest with yourself when dealing with these matters. You're going to have to be honest with yourself when dealing with these matters. Yes, I'm pointing the finger at you. It's not all about what somebody did to you. Oh, my goodness. I think I just stepped off in something there. I understand that people can do some really terrible, horrible, heinous things to you. But if there is a relationship that you want to fix, and, and now I'll be honest with you, every relationship is not going to be fixable because everybody in the relationship may not want the relationship to be fixed. You may have fallen out with a family member. You want to mend and repair the relationship, but they don't want to. Guess what? It's not going to be fixed. Short from a strong move from God, it's not going to be fixed. And there are some other things. There are some other fixes there. There are some other broken relationships that may not be fixed. But if you're going to work on fixing your broken relationship with your family member, the very first step you're going to have to take is you're going to have to be honest with yourself. You got to be honest with yourself. And what do I mean by being honest with yourself? Well, when it comes to mending and repairing family relationships, you cannot afford to approach the matter like you're still the hurting child. You can't approach it like you're still the hurting child. You have to approach the matter like you are the adult who wants to help the hurting child heal. You're the adult now. And this is where most of this stuff comes up in our adult relationships. You are the adult now. And you're going to have to deal with it like the adult 
who wants to help the hurting child heal. Last week I told you that children have this skewed sense of justice. Everything is about them and their desires. They're the center of the universe. The world revolves around them. They're in the center of it all. For a toddler especially. You ever notice for a toddler, one of their favorite words is mine. That's mine, 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 mine. And then when you grow out of toddlerhood, you move on into your youth. And somewhere around age five, somewhere around age five, a favorite phrase becomes, that's not fair. <laughs> that, that, that becomes a favorite phrase around age five. That's not fair. She got more to me. That's not fair. He got more to me. That's not fair. She gets to stay up longer than I do. That's not fair. He gets all the privileges. That's not fair. You love them more than you love me. That's not fair. For children, their whole world is just not right unless this skewed sense of justice is satisfied to their acceptance or to their pleasure. Did you get that? For children. For children. And this is a child, whether you're five or 55. <laughs> For children, their whole world is just not going to be right unless this skewed sense of justice is satisfied to their acceptance and pleasure. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we have problems in adult relationships because so many of our childhood injustices are, are not satisfied. And we remember, we don't, we, we may not even remember what the harm was, and we may remember the harm, but what we remember more is that I've been, I've been dealt this grave injustice. And some of us are mad at the world. And when we grow into adults who still remember and who are still experiencing the negative emotions. Of, of this grave injustice that was dealt to us in our childhood, man, it, it's a lot of negative energy to, to leave behind. It's a lot of negative energy to leave behind. And, and I want to clue you in here on something. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to clue you in on something. When, when I say negative energy, I'm not talking about your chi or your aura or, or, or some other new age metaphysical idea. That's not what I'm talking about. That's just a term I use. To me, negative energy, it, it, it's a personal term that I use. And here's what I mean by negative energy. Neg when I say negative energy, it's just my way of saying that the, the experiences of our childhood uh, the experiences we had in our childhood brought up emotions. It stirred up emotions. It rare, it raised emotions. And emotions are supposed to rise and fall. They rise and fall. You have this balance in life. Something happens and it raises your emotions. You're supposed to deal with it successfully. And your emotions come back down. We're supposed to resolve the conflict and this, the emotions are supposed to return to a normal level. But unresolved conflict leaves you with heightened emotions. And that's dangerous. That can actually change the chemical makeup of your body. Hormones, etc. That can actually alter the chemical makeup of your body. And I believe, honestly, I believe that's what happens sometimes when we grow into adults who are just so bitter and angry. 
We've been angry and bitter for so long. The emotional harm was not settled, not resolved. We, we remain in an emotionally heightened state. And when you're like that, something in you takes over and unbeknownst to you, you begin to instinctively behave and think and feel in ways that you believe will satisfy uh, 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 that emotional rise. You want to return to normal. And when these emotions have been heightened for so long, when you, you've endured, you've, 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 you've been the, the subject of this grave injustice for so long and you want it fixed, you want it fixed, and it hasn't been fixed for so long, something in you takes over and unbeknownst to you, you begin to instinctively behave and think and feel in ways to satisfy that emotional rise. In this case, the heightened emotions serve as a pusher that pushes you to see things negatively. And that's what I'm saying when I say negative energy. The negative energy, what I'm talking about when I'm talking about negative energy is that this instinctive push we have, we don't, this instinctive motivation, this deep motivation, this deep desire to bring change, this deep desire to impact things, to see change. Oh my goodness. It's an energy there. Because it pushes you to see things negatively. It pushes you to behave and think and feel negatively. I call it negative energy. And the negative energy from past hurt and disappointment never goes away until you can convince your heart that all is well. Until your heart becomes convinced that all is well, you don't owe anybody and nobody owes you Forgiveness, whoop, whoop, forgiveness. I'll get to that in a week or two. The negative energy is not going away until your heart becomes convinced that all is well. That leftover uh, uh, negative emotional energy means that the child grows into an adult who still holds a grudge against the sibling, against the mother, against the father for their imagined injustice. Again, I'm not doubting people's experience. I know terrible, horrible, awful things happen. But for so many of us, the grudge, the insult, the offense, uh, uh, it's the grave injustice. It's more imaginary than real. And it's real now because we still feel about it the way that we felt when we were children. We didn't know how to bring those emotions down as children. We didn't know how to deal with it as children. And so when I say the very first step to take in resolving, in fixing, in repairing, in mending your strain, your conflicting, your, your hostile family relationships is to be honest with yourself. You need to be in touch with yourself and honest with yourself if you're really going to work on your family relationships. And when you approach your damaged and family broken relationships like you're still the hurting child who was dealt this great injustice, you're going to be acting out of that skewed sense of justice. All you're going to be able to do is to focus on, on how wrong somebody did you how much somebody owes you, 
how badly somebody hurt you. And when that becomes your motivation, you're going to lose out on the opportunity to fix what's broken. My goodness, I think that's worth saying again. When you approach your damage and your broken family relationships like you're still the little hurting child, you're still the child who's hurting like you did 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago. You're still the child who's hurting because you have dealt this great injustice. You're going to be acting out of a skewed sense of justice. And all you're going to be able to focus on is who wronged you, who owes you. How badly they hurt you. How wrong they did you. I'm telling you, if that's the way you approach it, you're going to lose out on the opportunity to work on, to mend and repair that broken family relationship. You have to get to a place in your own thinking and feeling where you can understand what you're really after. What you're really after. What's really driving you. Are you out for vengeance? You want to prove a point? Just want to prove who's right. You know, so many siblings carry that sense of injustice into adulthood and their rationale is often mom or dad loved you best. They may even say it in jest. Oh, but there's some meaning behind it. So let me boil this down to the nitty gritty. Let me boil this down to the nitty gritty. When it comes to mending, when it comes to mending and repairing, my goodness, family relationships, you cannot afford to approach the matter like you are still the hurting child. And I don't mean to insult anyone, but mending and repairing family relationships will require you to grow up. Not an insult, not an insult. I know you've been hurt. But if you're going to be healed, if you're going to be made whole, in addition to your faith, you're going to have to grow up. And growing up always requires some serious introspection. Growing up always requires some serious self-reflection. you got to check yourself. You can't afford to approach the issue like you're still the hurting child who has dealt a grave injustice. Remember that. Remember, for the most part, that was a skewed sense of justice. And your goals are going to be skewed if that's where you're thinking. If that's where your thinking comes from, out of the skewed sense of injustice, you're going to have skewed goals. And your sense of justice now is going to be skewed. And you're not even going to know justice when you see it. You're not that mature, immature child anymore. You're grown now. You're an adult now. You have to grow up so you can approach your business like you are the adult who wants to help the hurting child heal. Listen, when it comes to being honest with yourself, that also includes knowing what the real issues truly are. What are the real issues here? What are the true issues? Your interpretation of what happened is what fuels the conflict. Again, I'm not discounting those who have experienced really serious deep harm. But any way you're going to be healed, any way you're going to be made whole, 
you're still going to have to uh, uh, go through most of what I'm saying here. Self-reflection, introspection, you got to go through it. Getting yourself to the place where you're ready to work on the issues in a positive, constructive way may even require you to seek the help of a third party. You may need some counseling. You may need some sessions with your pastor. You definitely got to go into some serious prayer. You may need all of this coming together to help you sort out things just so you can figure out what's really going on, the truth of the matter. You got to go there. You got to go there. It's going to be work. The first step is to be honest with yourself. And anytime it comes to dealing with yourself, anytime it comes to dealing with it, you know, that's the hardest person in the world for us to deal with is self. We can deal with a whole lot of people. We can deal with a whole lot of things, a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of circumstances. But the most difficult thing in the world for us to deal with, the most difficult person in the world for us to deal with is ourselves. Oh, it truly is. But that's what you're going to have to do. And I cannot stress this enough. Step number one, you got to be honest with yourself. You got to deal with yourself. That means you got to grow to the place where you understand that you are no longer the hurting child, but you are the adult now who wants to help the hurting child heal. Are you with me? Listen, I know I began this episode by telling you that I wanted to present to you a multi-step process to mending and repairing family relationships. But all I've done is basically talk about this one step. And I've spent ample time on this one step because it's the most important step to take when you, when you go to fix your damaged or broken family relationships. If you don't do the quality work that's required to get yourself ready, if you don't do the quality work that's required to figure out where you're coming from, or where you're trying to go. Listen, you gotta work on you. If you're gonna get this right, if you're gonna get your relationship fixed, it has to begin with you getting you right and getting you ready to work on the fix. You gotta get ready to meet the other one. And remember one of the guiding principles to marriage and it's a guiding principle in every relationship Self-awareness is an imperative. Self-awareness is an imperative. It's just that that's just the way it is. Just just the way it is. Hallelujah. Now, next week, I'm going to continue this discussion on the actual strategies for mending and repairing broken family relationships. Uh, you make sure you're here on time so you don't miss anything. And, and I'm going to get through a couple of more. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to spend all next week. In our next episode, I'm not going to spend the whole time dealing with just one step. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my very best to get through a couple of them. But this was so important. This is, a, I, I think, because when you work on you, if you work on you right, it opens up the door to so many possibilities. If you work on you right, it opens up the door to everything else you want to accomplish. If you work on you right, my goodness, if you get you together, gosh, I can't stress it enough. The hardest thing for us to do is to get ourselves together. You, you're not going to be, man, I'm backtracking. I'm going into this, but I just feel this. You're not going to be able to go into this 
wanting to prove to somebody how wrong they are. All you're going to do is exacerbate the existing problem. You're just going to make the issue worse. You're just going to drive the wedge deeper between you. You're just going to make more distance between you. So you got to get yourself together. Anytime you deal with any issue, you're going to have to get yourself together. And that includes having somebody in your life who can talk to you honestly and put you in check. Who can see your blind spots. And info you and when you're overlooking something. All right. Next week, I'm going to try and discuss three more steps. I'm going to talk about you can't count on your fix coming from the other family member, even if the other family member is the source of your hurt. Second thing I want to talk about is you have to possess the capacity to forgive. Now, that could very well be one session, one episode all in itself. You have to possess the capacity to forgive, to let it go. And the third step I want to talk about is a quasi-mediator can serve a potentially life-changing purpose. That person can be the oil that lubricates the two conflicting parts, the two parts that are rubbing each other wrong. That third party there, that quasi-mediator can serve a, a valuable purpose. Listen, I'm all out of time here. You've been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic, where our mission is to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. And that will help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and even perfect your marriage and your family relationships. You can always listen to us or any episode in the Marriage and Family Clinic series on my podcast. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes and iHeartRadio. Or listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast or the live stream, www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. Hey, listen, I got to get out of here, but you never, ever, ever forget. You can't have peace until you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.